Welcome to the HR Stories Podcast, listener question edition, where there is a lesson in every story. Each week, the team at HR Stories Podcast shares questions from our podcast audience and provides tangible, practical advice that everyone can use to get HR right. Our hosts today are management and HR consultants, Chuck Simikian and John Tallheimer. What is on your mind today? Welcome back to the HR Stories podcast, where there is a lesson in every story. Today is our Q&A edition. Chuck, how are you today? I'm a fantastic. John, we recorded an episode of our uh, HR Stories, Stories podcast uh, yesterday. And so that's, I think that's the next upcoming episode, John. So very excited about that talking um, a lot about a variety of topics, HR and the news. So uh, today we're going to do some Q&A from the listeners. And like we said in our last broadcast, we are so excited when we actually hear from people and they take the time to write us or mention something on the Team of One HR uh, Facebook page. So it's exciting. And we've got three great kind of overall questions to delve into today. Yeah, I'm excited for these questions, and I agree. I mean, it's been great over the last couple months of the interaction we're getting from the the things. We had a great uh, HR kitchen table the other day, and we had some really good discussions. We were talking about nonprofits and how it's challenging as a person, only one HR person, to kind of help change the culture and bring it around. So I love that we're seeing that movement. We're having a lot of conversations with people to help them get HR right. I mean, that's our mission is to help them get HR right. So I'm, I'm happy to see yeah. that. Exactly. So with that being said, Are what you... would be our first question? It's not so much a question question. It's kind of like a, hey, how do you handle something question, well, right? I, I think this question is a really important question. Because I think, especially as those individuals that are a department of one, let me ask, I'll answer, ask the question, then I'll let you answer. But I think it's a really important question because a lot of times we just don't know what other people are doing, what the expectations are, right? And I think that's what this is too. All right, so let me read the question to you, Chuck, and I want to hear your opinion. As an HR, okay. as a department of one, so the only one HR representative, how often do you take PTO throughout the year? Quarterly, monthly, do you typically use all your PTO or do you lose and roll over it? Um, and do you find that you still work a lot? Why on PTO? So really two questions. How much PTO, personal time off do you take? And are you still working when you do PTO? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, having been in leadership and management, HR-wise for, for a number of years, I, there are so many times where I'm on a vacation unless I'm out of the country. And even then when I'm out of the country, I've got the uh, telephono, right? <laughs> oh, look, there's, there's, there's little Bailey. Those of you that are watching this on YouTube. Um, but I, I work all the time and I know it's probably not the right answer for people, but I would have to say I work less when I'm on vacation uh, but the only reason I do is because I know if I, as the HR person, let things go, and many times you're the only HR person, you're the HR director, and if you let things go, 
it's kind of like double and triple the pain, shall we say, <laughs> when you come back. So it's better to kind of deal with situations that they come up rather than um, wait. But I'm talking about, that's what I'm not talking about actually working and, and, and I'm talking checking emails and either putting things off or dealing with them. And they, you know, maybe an hour or two hours a day. So yeah, I mean, I take PTO, but I'm still working sometimes. Yeah, I, that's interesting. And, I, and I, I'm having a little bit of flashbacks to my cor corporate corporate life. Um, and I remember, so we used to go to Maine every year uh, and we would go up. And I remember before, well, even when smartphones were a thing, um, I remember like going up and like having people contact me about things and like making changes and stressing me out and doing all these things. So I do think it's also a part of that mental thing um, to be able to go, you know what, I'm not dealing with anything or I'm putting this stuff aside. And then maybe if little things come up, keeping up abreast in that kind of stuff. So, um, but when we were in Maine, this back in the day, we didn't have access to smartphones. Yeah. Um, the, the phones didn't have the, no connectivity. So I would be like, I'm gone. I'm not, I'm going to be gone, right? Um, Beautiful. Yeah. And, and it was great. But then I'd be like, well, and when I'm ever in town, I'll check my messages and I'll do that. And so we went into town every couple of days and I would spend maybe an hour, two hours at the library and just ch checking everything. And if there was a big thing to do, I think I do, I'm going to recommend highly for all those people that are thinking, well, do I hold off my PTO? No, you need to take the time off. You need to make sure that you're balancing it. And I think one of the things Chuck does is a great example is even though he may work during his vacation, when he's at work, he also knows that he, if something comes up that he has to do with his family or something that outside of his normal work, he's going to take care of that as well. Right. And so I think to me, this is that work life balance or work life integration, I think really more importantly. And so I think it's important for all of us to be be able to integrate our work into our life and really set life as our priority, our family, our friends and all that kind of stuff. And then when things come up and when we're on vacation, then it feels a lot easier knowing that, look, when I'm back and I need to do something with my kids, I can do that. Right. And so balancing it, I think, comes out yeah. really important. So good answer, Chuck. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, small HR department, department of HR leadership, it comes with the territory. However, if that's an issue, then I would do what John said and tell your folks you are going somewhere so far off the grid that they're going to have to figure it out. Yeah, and, I, and <laughs> the other thing that I would say is setting boundaries, right? And so- Oh, that I like that, yes. You need to set the boundaries and you need to be very specific and you need to do it from day one. Um, yeah. So you need to be like, all right, when I come in, I'm only working till five o'clock. And, I'm, and then from five o'clock till nine o'clock, I'm not going to be available. Uh, and then I'll check my emails before I go to bed, right? And I had an executive vice president that I worked for um, and he would leave every day at 5.30 to go home, what he called tubby time with his kids. He wanted to be there to put his kids to sleep. Uh, they were, you know, I think they were probably five and seven when I knew him. And he would do it every day. He would leave and people would get upset and annoyed and like, why? Who does he think he is? He can leave, blah, blah, blah. But he was setting the boundaries 
Yes. Now, we also all knew, if we knew him, that he would be on probably around 8, 8.30 and then work for another yeah. hour or two, right? Um, and so setting those boundaries, I think, is important for everyone. So, okay. All right, beautiful. Are you ready for question number two, Mr. Simikian? All right, so this is from my home state of Tennessee. Uh, this yeah. is from Lori. And she's wondering how you would handle this. We are remote first and have employees between four states in the South. There is a, so they're remote first, right? Um, and so there is never a plan to go back to the office. It doesn't make sense for what they do. There is a newer employee, hint, it's Lori, um, and I'm alone in my state. So no one else works here. So she's from Tennessee. No one else works in the state. I traveled to North Carolina at least once a quarter. For multiple reasons, we want to move back. The family wants to move back to New England this summer. Our, our company mission is in the South, but I support people who do the Southern work. I did mention this in my hiring uh, process, so nothing would be a surprise. We have no formalized process procedures for requesting this. Does anyone, anyone have anything they like in their handbook? Um, and so really the question is, we're all remote. Um, mm -hmm. Where can I work from? How do I communicate that as an HR person? How do I deal with that? All right. So I'm I'm looking at this thinking, so Lori, our, our company is in the South. They all support each other in the South. She wants to, she, she travels to North Carolina once a quarter. So now she wants to move to New England. So, uh, you know, that's a tough question for us to answer because it's really up to the company's uh, policies and procedures. Overall, could she do the work remotely from New England the way this is written? Sure. Um, you know, the formalized process procedure to me is she just needs to go talk to her boss. But my other thought is sometimes, John, people hire folks to work remotely, but they want them in the same just general area yeah. so that if we do have a quarterly meeting, you can drive over, you can drive in, you can drive in. It might be a night in a hotel and then you meet and then you go home. Her moving to New England, that's now several states away. And I know Tennessee and North Carolina, right, while near each other. Yeah. I know it can still be kind of far, yeah. but compared to New England. So I, I don't know. What do you think about this? Well, and then I think I think what she's asking is what should be the process for where people are located, right? So even if you're remote, should there be a process? Should we think about that, right? And so I do think that's a really important policy process that people need to put in place, right? So think about, um, right, Lori's going into North Carolina every quarter, right? Every couple of months, she's going in North Carolina. Um, and so maybe there should be a geographical location that you, if you're going to be here, now we, we don't know what the company does, but there may be a reason in terms of understanding the people and the culture and that kind of stuff that they need to be in the South, right? And so they're not going to get that right. from New England and that kind of stuff. And so I think I personally reading this, my first reaction go, yeah, go move to New England. If these are all remote, you could, should be able to work anywhere. Um, but I do think if we're creating policies, we need to take geographic location into place. Let me give you an example. Um, so one of our friends in Nashville moved down to your home state of Florida, Chuck. Um, 
And so he he was working in Nashville, um, but his mom lived in Florida. His husband retired. And so he's like, we want to be near my mom so we can take care of her. Mom was living alone. And so they wanted to be down there to take care of it. And so he went to the company and said, is it okay if I move to Florida? And they're like, yeah, that's fine. And so now they're requesting that once a quarter, he comes up and spends a week in the office. And at first he was sort of like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do it. And then um, he came up, he actually stayed with us for that week. And he was like, this is, I, I love touching in with people. And I love having that connection and building that connection up and doing that. Um, and so I do think it's sort of a company policy to do that. Now, all that said, you have to follow the employment laws where that employee is, mm -hmm. right? And so if you're moving from Tennessee where there's not many employment laws or we have some break laws and that kind of stuff and you're moving to Connecticut, there's more laws in Connecticut, right? And so again, you would have to pay attention and do that. And so we know that some companies are like, you can work remotely, but you can't work here or here or here, right? Because of the employment law. Um, and so I, that's what I kind of think, that's where I go is like, okay, is it going to impact the company and that kind of stuff? No, I do think one of the policy things that I would put in for everybody, if you have remote workers, whether they're hybrid or not, um, and they're going to be moving from your jurisdiction, so from your state, from your wherever, you wanna make sure that they let you know so you can properly do taxes and payroll taxes yeah. and all that stuff. So, yeah. So any okay. other thoughts on that one? No, not really. She just wanted to know, does anyone have a policy? So it is good to have that policy. And um, I hope someone was able to help her with that uh, handbook. Yeah, she got a lot of good feedback on uh, the team of HR1 for sure. Okay, the HR team of one. Oh, the HR team of one. Yes. So thank Pays you. For yeah. um, all right. So this is from Teo. Um, and so it's dealing with the situation. Let me read it to you. It's a little longer. Uh, greetings. I'm currently dealing with a situation where an employee approached a member of the management team and inquired if they were having sexual relations with the staff member. This female staff just left the office of the manager. Uh, the manager staff responded with a denial and left it at that. However, since then, the acquisition has spread among the staff. I've requested that the manager provide a written statement, and I attend to meet with the staff to address the issue. The manager is upset and considering seek legal advice for defamation of character. How would you handle this situation? Yeah, so they said, I think your uh, your note to me was effing sexual relations or something like that yeah, they or said F -F 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 are they yeah. yeah so um so what do you think what do they what do they uh, what do they ask you how would you handle this situation so we're talking about a uh an employee walks up to a, a rate uh, maybe an hourly employee walks up to a member of the management team says hey are you having sex with her with, right as, with as she else? just left the office yeah so she's leaving the office this person, guy or not guy, I don't know, walks up and says, "Hey, are you having sex with this uh, with my coworker, with this other staff member?" Right. And um, the management uh, manager says, uh, de denies it and leaves it at that. 
However, then an accusation spread amongst the staff. Oh, the manager's having sex with that other person. Okay, so here's the deal. The next line there. I intend to meet with the staff to address the issue. I don't know. I mean, what do you do? You pull everyone together and say, there's a rumor that so-and-so sleeping with so-and-so and we need to stop that rumor. I, I do you, how do you handle that? Um, I don't know if a, a general meeting, especially if the other, the manager that was upset, isn't involved in, in saying, yes, go ahead and do this meeting. Um, some un, unanswered questions here. Yeah. So I think, I mean, again, right. It's gossip. Uh, yes. right? it's gossip. It's rumors. It stinks, it's man. I hate it. It's unfounded gossip and rumors, right? The manager says there. Um, and so if we as the HR person feel comfortable that that's not going on, right? We've done our investigation. We feel like, you know what? That's not going on. I don't think getting in the front of people going, all right, just so you know, this rumor is going around because not only are you impacting the manager who's upset about it, but think about the female employee is now being associated with that manager in that manner, right? Yeah. And you're going to cause and create more things. So I would, I may pull in the original person who addressed the manager and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with them saying, hey, don't spread that rumor. Um, I've talked to the manager. I've talked to the female employee. Um, this isn't any of your business. You should not be going out spreading rumors about other people's lives. If you have an issue, you think there's harassment going on, I will listen and I will do an investigation. Yeah. But I don't like, yeah, I agree with you. I don't know if I would have a meeting. I think one of our challenges is to know when to jump in and know when not to jump in with gossip and rumor. Yes. Yes. And John, I'm going to just, you know, wrap up my thought, final thoughts on this one is you hit it right on the head. You see, there's a, a flaw with, with HR folks, okay, in that sometimes we feel like we need to go riding in on the white horse with our, our, our suit of armor and slay every dragon out there. OK, like we're going to make it right. We're going to fix it all. A, 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 an injustice has been done, you know, like this. Oh, there's rumors, whatever. But we can't do that for everything and everyone. And so we need to just approach it as a, uh, a like you like from a uh, more of a factual standpoint. My job is there to protect the company. So what do I need to do to protect the company, first of all? I need to do an investigation. I need to document. I need to talk to the appropriate people. If I'm going to deal with gossip, gossip being dealt with is sometimes best one-on-one, -on -one, shutting it down, moving forward. Obviously, ask that offended manager what how would they would like to see the situation resolved. But so many times, us HR people uh, that are at that property level, sometimes you're so involved, you know, you can't see it from the outside like you just did, which is, by the way, folks, why you want to hire John Tallheimer, <laughs> leadership coach, because he'll help you see it from the outside. And that's um, that's the pro that's a problem. And I think you hit it right on the head. Yeah. Boom. Bam. Yeah. Drop the mic. Yeah. And I was, um, something else popped in my mind. It popped right back out. But I do think, right, and I do think, again, we have to protect the organization. So if we think it's harassment, we need to investigate. Um, one of the challenges I think is out there 
um, is gossip and rumors, right? And so I don't yeah. care if you put three people together in the room, there's going to be gossip and rumors, right? And so in an organization, there's going to be gossip. Human beings, by their very nature, will fill a vacuum with information when they don't have information, right? Absolutely. And so they see two yeah. people together, right? And so they're like, oh, well, I saw two people together, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then it becomes this big story when we don't know what happened, right? We have no idea what happened. Um, and it really doesn't matter, right? And so I would definitely check with the manager, find out. I would also check, make sure... What is that female employee thinking about as well, right? And so kind of doing that. Yeah, so. I got you. Um, those were great yeah. questions. I thought they were a really good episode today. Any other like yeah, any other right. things we need to kind of address at, around these topics? No, not that I could think. What about what's happening with the team at HR Stories? Anything you want to share with folks before we uh, pop off? Well, I think that one thing that I would share is make sure you go to our website, the team at hrstories.com. And uh, check out our workshops. We have a lot of upcoming workshops. We have a lot of things on demand. Um, so definitely check out those. Uh, make sure you're doing that. Um, and other than that, I think one of the things that we love doing is if you do have a question, and maybe you don't want to put it on air, right? Maybe you don't want to go into the podcast and do it. But if you have a question and you're just like, hey, I, I don't know how to solve this, reach out to us and we'll talk to you. Yeah. Um, whether, we, whether it's both of us or one of us, we'll talk to you. We love doing it. Um, it helps love us it. build our experience up, um, but it also helps us kind of get to know you guys out there as well. Yep, absolutely. All right, John, thank you for the Q&A. Thank you. Folks, thanks for listening. And uh, obviously this is the HR Stories podcast where there's a lesson in every story. <laughs> wow, that was great. All right, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you for listening to the HR Stories podcast. The material presented in this podcast is for informational purposes only. Chuck and John always recommend using an employment lawyer or HR consultant to handle any legal concerns or HR issues. We do our best to double check sources and make sure the information we are providing is accurate. We may eliminate or embellish without changing the basic narrative to make the story easier to understand. In certain circumstances, we may change identifying information to protect the innocent. The HR Stories broadcast is brought to you by the team at HR Stories. The team at HR Stories is designed to help anyone with HR responsibilities be better at managing the employee experience. To engage with us, go to the hrstoriesteam.com and learn more about how the team at HR Stories can support your business or nonprofit. Thank you for listening to the HR Stories podcast, where there is a lesson in every story. <laughs>